Hi there, it's time. Let's meet in the now. Hi, this is Nicole Birkholzer, the voice of Mindful Connections. My mission is to connect horses and humans through a mindful approach. May you feel informed, inspired and mindfully connected. Hello, welcome back to episode 6 of Let's Meet in the Now. So today we'll talk about horses in transitions. And um, let's start with your horse is a commodity. Ouch, yes, as painful as that sentence sounds, it's true. When you think about it, you would never sell your cat or dog because they usually stay with you until they die, right? Horses, however, are often a commodity that is purchased to be traded, sold after the rider reaches a certain goal, or given away when it is retired and no longer useful to the rider. So your horse, the one in your backyard or at the boarding barn, has most likely been transferred from one owner to the next before he landed with you. And chances are he has also lived at a bunch of barns and with a multitude of horses since he was a colt. Um, what happens in horses' lives is mostly actually based on our needs. You know, for example, we need a better horse, a smaller horse, a larger horse, a younger horse, or a more experienced horse. And then there are our own personal needs of wanting a barn with an indoor, or a barn closer to our house, or a barn that offers more services, or a backyard barn. And that is all based on our needs. And actually for me, as a little side note here, a big part of my mission is to show people that when we approach horses in mindful ways and we de develop stronger bonds and more meaningful relationships with them, that that actually saves a lot of horses from being sold. Because when you think about it, a lot of times the reason why we actually pass a horse on has something to do with us thinking that the horse is not enough for us or too much for us. And often, in my experience, that actually has something to do with that we have just not really strongly connected with the horse to understand them better and to kind of see all the amazing traits this horse has. And so my goal is always, you know, and that's one reason why I created this podcast, that um, we... If we actually create mindful support for our horses and connect more deeply with them, you know, most uh, the chances are big that fewer will land at auctions or equine rescues. So one of the reasons I created this podcast is because horses in transitions have often a hard time um, adjusting to the new environment or the new owner. And I figured why not share with you how we can make the life for horses a little bit easier during those times of transition. So, as always, let's start and relate to our horses. So when we look at it from the horse's point of view, the moment you buy or sell a horse, you change his go-to person. You know, it's like we call it the owner, and some people call it, you know, I'm not a horse owner, and nobody owns a horse, I'm a guardian, or I'm a caretaker. I mean, whatever you choose to call yourself, the moment the horse goes away to a new owner or comes to you being the new owner, the go-to person changes. And when you move your horse, um, you also change his environment, his herd, and with that, his close companions. 
And for a prey animal like the horse, this is a very challenging lifestyle and it affects him emotionally, physically, spiritually and behaviorally. And I see this all the time, that horses really um, at times can have a hard time with those types of shifts and changes. And it makes sense because when you look at wild horses, you know, except for some of the younger stallions in, in the wild herd, you know, they head out to start their own families. But most of these horses stay together with, you know, the the other herd members um, for a lifetime. And, and that's what keeps them safe. You know, that's their family. And the domesticated horse doesn't really have the luxury of a consistent herd. They're required to adapt to many things that actually go against their nature, like moving from barn to barn, changing owners, like I said, integrate with new barn or paddock mates. Um, I actually have, I remember a situation where um, uh, at a rescue that I um, consulted with, they were telling me, oh, this is great. All the horses live together in a herd and, you know, they are living naturally this way. And I tried to explain to them and say to them, you know, horses in nature actually pick their herd and they have a pretty selective process around it. So for us to just say like, all right, let's stick these 10 horses together so that they can be in a herd. is like, you know, somebody sticking us with 10 people together and say like people like families and, you know, we're like with these random people living in a house that we don't even know about. It's not that easy, and there's a lot of um, thought that needs to be put into integrating horses with new barn or paddock mates. And then, of course, there's always the part where they, the domestic horse needs to meet and learn to work with unfamiliar trainers and instructors. And then how about those shows or races and overall performance pressures that you know the domestic horse has, that the wild horse has the pressure of... Um, a prey animal of surviving in the wild but what we put on the horse um, you know by putting them into new environments all the time is certainly really challenging and um, that's actually a really important thing to think about when you for example take a racehorse and you know transition it from a racehorse to a lesson horse or um, I see it a lot also with therapeutic riding horses that were you know once owned by a person and then the person says, oh, you know what, I think I'm done with the source. I've reached all my goals, the horse is ready for a little bit less demanding work, and they bring him to a therapeutic riding center, and all of a sudden the horse that was used to being with one person every day is now suddenly handled by 15 people and takes on a very, very challenging job as a therapeutic riding horse. And so... Um, Sometimes when we look at it, you know, it seems one way, but when you really look at it from the horse's point of view, that's very challenging. So I figured why not for this podcast actually take two very common transitions that most horses will experience in their lifetime and um, explore them a little bit to see what we can do to help horses. So number one would be moving to a new barn. So just, you know, imagine, uh, and I've done it many times, um, at one point, I moved my horse that was at the therapeutic riding center that I was um, the director of, and I brought him home, and that's a big transition. Or, you know, even just moving a horse from one facility to another, um, where, you know, have a boarding place, and then you go to another one because there's a better indoor or something. So what is the horse's point of view there? 
well, one day the horse gets on the trailer and probably like he has done many times before, like when you would take him out to a show or to a trail ride, um, this time actually he's dropped off at a new place, the new boarding barn, and you bring him to the barn, the field, the pasture, and you leave him there. And over the next few days, your horse realizes, uh, I've been moved. I mean, I guess this is it. And then the question becomes, how can you make this a more mindful transition for your horse and less of a sudden change? And in my experience, sharing the news about the move is a really important part of preparing for the move. And here's why. The moment we decide to move our horse, our energy changes. I mean, I recall this so tremendously. When I brought my horse home, before I did bring him home, I was so nervous and excited about this move. I, mean, I got a little stressed out about all the stuff that I needed to pack and the transport that needed to be organized and did I have everything in place at the new barn. And when that happens, when we go through this emotional shift, our horse experiences a significant shift in our energy and becomes a little alarmed. And they're alarmed because for horses, change is concerning. And if all of a sudden you as the person are a little more edgy or a little more um, stressed or you don't breathe as deeply anymore, you know, your horse is like, uh-oh, what's going on here? So by telling the horse what's about to happen, we acknowledge the pending change and the possible impact that has and that provides clarity to the horse um, and in case you're in the camp to think that horses don't understand when we talk to them believe me they do because when you organize your thoughts by telling your horse what is about to happen your horse will take part in the energy that is now part of your experience and by you actually expressing it you kind of um become more focused and intentional. And especially if you remember to take a deep breath here and there while you're with your horse, um, that will allow your horse to take a deep breath too. And with that, you're already both better prepared for the move. Here's another little tip on making a mindful transition. So a few years ago, a friend of mine moved her three horses to a new boarding facility. And um, first off, of course, she told the horses about the move ahead of time. And then my friend looked at the environment, the change of environment, really. Um, until then, her horses had lived in a pasture during the day and at night in a stall. At this new barn, they were living in a large dry lot 24-7. So that's a huge change for a horse. And... Um, as she was observing her horses the first few days, two of the horses were adjusting beautifully. And one of them, though, had a harder time figuring out what to do with himself when the hay piles were all eaten up because he was used to being in a pasture and he could eat all day. So being really mindful, my friend ended up buying several slow feeders for hay and put them in the paddock. And with that, the hay lasted longer and it preserved the horse's natural grazing habits. And that eased the transition tremendously. So that was really, really good for them and good for her to think about it that way. Um, so here are a couple other ideas of what you could do to be mindful if your horse um, is about to transition to a new place. So, um, one thing is observe how your horse is getting along with the new stall or paddock neighbors. 
and stop in if something needs to uh, step in I mean uh, when if something needs to be addressed so you know if you notice that your horse is all of a sudden just hanging out in one corner of the paddock or pasture or whatever and there's a real bully horse out there you know you might want to speak up and say something to um, remedy the situation because you know your horse might get sick because you know he's all of a sudden anxious or he doesn't move anymore um, around and therefore his digestion is not going um, you know as smooth as as he usually was so that's a really important thing and then monitor the quality of the food at the new place do you need to supply anything to provide more consistency there um, you know obviously you want to transition your food if there's uh, maybe a different brand of grain that's being fed you know you want to transition your horse through that or if there is um, you know if the people get supply their hay from a different supplier you want to certainly bring at least you know 10 20 bales to transition your horse to the new hay so make sure that um, that's all really taken care of and then take interest in the barn staff um I tell you right now, in a horse-perfect world, you actually are best off if you introduce your horse to the staff at the new barn after you met them. Because your horse will read your connection with the new people and will then take your lead on it. I've seen many, many horses check in with their owners when they first meet a new person. Um, it's very cute, actually. I, I, I'm thinking right now of one horse that was so funny. When I approached him and, I, you know, I gave him the... Um, Horseman's handshake, you know, I held my hand out and he could sniff it and he would sniff my hand and then he would check in with his owner and be like, what do you think of her? Like, let me smell you. And then he would be coming back to me and sniff me again. And the owner was actually, you're good, you're fine, it's all good. Because your opinion matters to your horse and the way you smell in this new person's um uh, when you're when you're with this new person, you know, it will tell your horse a lot. If you're a little anxious about the new barn manager, your horse will pick up on it. And, you know, I would hope you pick the barn where you really feel comfortable and think that there are really good people to take care of your horse. And that is something your horse wants to know through you. So, again, your opinion matters. And then, you know, watch your horse if he has any little anxiety or insecurities in initially. And if that's the case, it might you know, be beneficial to use some natural remedies like flower essences, essential oils or herbs to, to make for a calming transition. So again, the role you play in your horse's life is critical because you are the herd, you're the continuity that provides a sense of safety when everything else has changed around him. So now, of course, what if the owner changes? And, um, when you actually sell a horse or buy a new horse. And so, again, the horse's point of view is the trailer shows up, the horse gets on, and is again dropped off at a different place that he most likely doesn't know. But in this case, a stranger actually takes the lead. You know, it's not you leading him to the barn or to the pasture um, and then you showing up the next day and the day after. No, in this case, a stranger takes the lead, brings the horse to a new barn, field, pasture, whatever it is, and then you leave. And over the next few days, your horse realizes, or your former horse realizes, I've been moved, my human is not here, and I really don't know anybody. So here are a few more pointers to ease the transition when your horse goes to a new owner. Again, 
Tell your horse what's about to happen. Tell him why you're selling him and what he can expect at the new place. And be your horse's advocate until the very end. You know, give the new owner as much information about your horse's likes and dislikes as possible. So, for example, do you usually let your horse hand graze after each ride? Well, then tell the new owner that that's what you do so he's not surprised or she's not surprised when your horse suddenly heads toward the green nibblings on the side of the driveway after the lesson. Or, you know, does your horse prefer a blue water bucket over a black bucket? Well, tell you the new owner that to make sure that your horse actually drinks plenty when he arrives at the new barn so he doesn't colic, right? You get the gist of that. Now, buying a new horse, you being the new owner, is often also an emotional roller coaster for both the horse and the human. And, you know, sometimes I guess we have met the horse and got acquainted a little bit because we took a ride on the horse, tried him out. But often, and I've had that happen, you know, the horse and human never met because, you know, I've purchased a horse once at least through the internet. And at that point, the horse has absolutely no understanding why it is being transported to a new place, why he has to leave the peers and the people he was used to. And when the new people now come and ride him, it gets very confusing to the horse. So I actually experienced one of those situations uh, when I purchased my Arabian mare, Kayla. Though I had actually gone and tried her out, um, when she actually arrived at my barn, she was actually very happy and quickly comfortable with her new surroundings because she was a mare that really loved boys. And I had two boys at that point, two geldings. And she just loved to be the queen bee. However, as much as she liked the boys, I was a really big challenge for her. Because I rode her like I had ridden my other horse, Oki. And what I mean by that is like when I took Kayla out on the trails, I guided her around every mud puddle that we came along, every rock, every little thing. And, you know, at First, she went along with it, and then after about 15 minutes, she finally stopped. And then she turned around to look at me up there in the saddle, and she said, clear as a whistle, stop it, this is my job. And I, for a moment, got a little like, what, what? And then I realized, oh my God, I totally had disregarded that Kayla was 19 years old, had been trail riding forever, had probably circumvented more rocks and puddles in her lifetime than I'll ever see. And so I was not treating her right. And it was up to me to change my approach. And instead of doing what I always did, um, I started to pay more attention and meet her where she was. And that shift in me made it much easier for Kayla to eventually accept me as her new rider. There's actually one other little thing. One time I took her to a park and we were riding along and I asked her for a trot to canter transition and somehow it wasn't really smooth and I could hear her again clear as a whistle. She was so clear. I heard her go, that's not how Barbara did it. Or I mean, I guess I didn't hear the name, but I saw the woman right in front of me when she's like, that's not how we did it. You know, the woman Barbara who owned her before. Um, so I was like, oh, sorry, I'm working on it. Let me see what I can do for you. But 
some horses are really particular about those types of things and certainly Kayla was one of those. So here are a few more pointers to ease the transition when your horse goes to, um, comes a new horse comes to you and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out um, how to best, you know, bring this new horse into your life. So it's really important to get as much information about your new horse's life prior to your life with her as possible. So what type of riding was she used to? Can you even watch videos of the rides um, that she had with other people? You know, I'm not saying that you need to change your style per se, but if you understand what your horse is used to, you will understand her behavior and then you can respond effectively and start kind of coming toward each other rather than trying to fight and, you know, tell her what how you do it. Because, you know, for example, a 19-year-old horse has a lot... Has, a lot of experience and you know as a creature of habit we need to kind of meet them at least halfway so to know as much as possible about them is a really great thing and then pay close attention to your horse's mood you know a horse might be depressed because it misses the former people or herd mates and again flower essences or oils can really ease some of that depression and then um also pay attention if your new horse feels more at ease being left alone for a, little, for a little while or if getting right back to work is a better approach to make this an easier transition. Some horses need a few days to settle in and kind of get a lay of the land and tune into the energy of the other horses and the land and the people around them. And other horses would rather get back, right back to work to make, you know, to, to get back into a new rhythm. So it's kind of like people. Um, and you will see if your horse is pacing around or is being a little um, unsure what to do with himself or herself, you know, I think it's probably a good idea to put them to work. But if they're still a little quiet and a little adjusting, you know, let them be. Just check in, say hi, be present with them, take a couple of deep breaths. But otherwise, you know, let them be. Um so then another really, really key thing is to consider how the horse has lived before, you know, he or she came to you. So for example, a horse stalled for most of the day might be quickly overwhelmed with a lot of turnout space and vice versa. If the horse was living 24-7 in a pasture and is now stalled overnight, he might need some extra hay so he won't develop stress-related vices like cribbing, pawing or weaving. And of course, if the horse was used to, you know, a lot of turnout, it would be best for you to find a facility that can offer a lot of turnout just so um, you can, you know, continue to let the horse live a most natural life if possible. And if the horse was not turned out with other horses before, um, he actually might to need to, or he might need to learn how to socialize with other horses. Um you know, that's something in domestic lifestyles that's not necessarily natural for horses anymore. And you can help your horse by picking a new herd mate that is, you know, maybe experienced, calm, and older gelding. You know, they're usually a great choice to start socialization. So your horse can kind of ease itself into this new idea of hanging out with horses again. And, you know, also the opposite is true. If the horse was used to a large herd or to you know, being secure in in a band of horses, it will take some time to adjust to a backyard setting where there's only one other horse. Um, especially if 
your horses was one that was on the lower end of the pecking order. Um, the herd was probably his safety blanket. And then when he's suddenly only with one other horse, he might be very tired all of a sudden and not that motivated to work with you because he doesn't rest as much as he did with a large herd being present. You know, a large herd always means that somebody's watching while a bunch of other horses are napping. And that's a little more challenging. I could even tell when we lost Kayla actually um, a little bit over a year ago, um, all of a sudden Shana and Cutter, my two horses, were exhausted because Kayla was always a great one to watch over their backs. And now Shana and Cutter had to like, I watch your back, you watch my back. And um, I have to say, since Kayla left, I have not seen Shana lay down to sleep, which is really um, surprising to me because she was one that always would lay right down and take a nap but she is not doing that anymore because she does not feel as safe without Kayla around so that's a big deal and that could be a real adjustment for your horse so the cool thing is as the new owner you have an opportunity to become the new security for your horse and if you approach your horse with a lot of deep belly breath breaths consistently um you will create immediate comfort for your horse and um, one last thing, actually, before you introduce your horse to your entire family, the vet, the hoof trimmer, and all the neighbors all at once, um, it's really helpful for you to get to know your horse first and to kind of, you know, meet him or her and hang out and, you know, learn a little bit about your horse's personality so that, you know, when you actually start bringing in the troops, um, your horse already knows that you are the one, you know, those can rely on and, you know, there's already a bond that connects you to and then the horse is, I think, much more safe and secure in meeting new people and that's really going to be a helpful uh, support point, you know, to make for an easy transition. So if you're about to sell or buy a new horse and you start using some of these mindful approaches, let me know how you're doing. I'm always excited to hear from you. And until next time, thanks for listening and happy mindful connecting. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Let's Meet in the Now. For more information, go to mindful-connections.com. There you can dive deeper into creating mindful connections through webinars, online courses, workshops, individual sessions, and my book, Pet Logic. Can't wait to mindfully connect with you next time.